minutes. <laughs> so three, two, one, roll the foot. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And my guest today is an internationally recognized client acquisition expert, author, speaker, who motivates others to take action with proven strategies. A successful entrepreneur, he started and sold two book publishing companies, turning his attention to help other businesses grow. He has written four best-selling books, Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, Beyond Referrals, and Radical Relevance. Welcome, everybody, Bill Gates. Uh, not Bill Gates, sorry. I missed it by one letter. Sorry to disappoint you. Now we lose half of the people. <laughs> but Bill here's the deal. Gates, with a C. But yeah. I had exactly this experience. I saw on my calendar, oh, I'm talking to Bill Gates. <laughs> really? Like, should I should I say, hey team, you did it? Or <laughs> is this a C? It's a C, people. It's a C. Nevertheless, well, Bill, super Bill excited. Gates, Bill Gates has a lot of money. I'm gonna help you make a lot of money. How's that sound? Is that good? Good. We need it. And the people listening right now, they have right now a lot of need of getting back on track amplifying their sales and marketing activities, shifting to a form of marketing that is appropriate to the current times. And this is where your system comes in really handy because it is about multiplying your current best clients. So tell us, Bill, what are you currently creating? Sure. Well, you know, just to address that real quickly, you know, during the pandemic and during when things are just a lot different and a little bit off. Uh, we we work to control what we can control, right? Uh, it's a trite but true statement. And so one of the things we can control right now is, uh, at least to a degree, our relationships with our clients or customers and how we keep those engaged and and overserve them and keep them happy and all that good good stuff. And then leverage that, right? How do we leverage that to get introduced to more people like them, multiply your best clients. So now that's that's an age old strategy, right? Referrals, introductions, uh, recommendations. It's something we've always wanted and needed to do and, and now probably more important than ever before. Uh, what I'm working on now, two things, one related to the, the referral process. Uh, I'm writing my next book, which is called The Language of Referrals. And, you know, one of the things that people seem to like about the work I've been doing for 25 years is giving people the right words to say, if you will, you know, to, to bring on new clients and to ask for referrals and turn them into introductions and all those sorts of things. And, and now everyone's going to have to use the words that fit for them, but I tend to be a little bit of a wordsmith. And so the language, right. And people love to, how do I say that? Or how would I say that? So that's my next book. Hopefully we'll be out in 2021 uh, in the fall. And uh, the other thing I'm working on is a video training course based on my latest book, Radical Relevance. So we're taking everything from the book and we're putting it into a video training form. So, uh, you know, some people will read the book and they'll get some good ideas and act on those ideas, which is great. Other people like to go through a more methodical uh, transformational process using video and other tools. So that's those are my two big projects for this year. Beautiful. 
And we want to hear everything about your referral process because we had experts here who said referrals means you have to ask everybody all the time. And then others have said, never ask. You have to do it in a very different way. So some people might be confused right now. How can they grow via referrals? Sure. So I want you to think in terms of, of, of three words. And I'll, I'll go uh, elaborate on each one. The first one is in engagement, client engagement, customer engagement. What we've the studies we've done has shown that uh, while satisfied clients and customers are loyal, only about twenty percent will actually create word of mouth and referrals. So there's actually a low correlation between customer or client satisfaction and the giving of referrals. What we need is engaged clients, and an engaged client. Is and everyone on this you know call right now, are, are, you're doing this, but I want to highlight it a little bit more. If they see your value, right? You've made a value connection, and you also you've made a personal connection. And so throughout the entire lifetime of your relationship with your clients or customers, prospects, brand new clients, ongoing, we always need to think in terms of both value connection and personal connection. And what that will do will create more referrals without asking. Every business. Yours, mine, everyone listening should be getting referrals without asking. That's a barometer of your referability. I've had some people come to me for coaching and, and say, Bill, you know, my clients love me, but we're not getting many referrals. And I go, okay, let's get back to that my clients love me thing. You know, because maybe, yeah, maybe they like you a lot, but they're not advocates yet, right? We haven't turned them into advocates. So that's the, that's the engagement part. And you know, serving your clients well, creating engaged clients or customers will create incremental growth, and we should all be getting that. But if you want to create exponential growth, if you want to multiply your best clients or customers, you do need to ask. You do need to be appropriately proactive. So anyone who tells you not to ask, either they haven't discovered the right way to do it, or they're just projecting their fear onto you. So don't let them do that. There is a way to do this, a way to do it very professional. I've been doing it for 25 years. It, it works. And so that's that's the leverage part. And then introduction or connection, I should say, is the introduction, getting connected, right? These days, just calling someone up and saying, hey, George recommended I give you a call or it, it, it's too cold. We need to get it needs to get warmed up. Right. And so I call it an email handshake. An electronic handshake is one of the best ways to do it. When the pandemic is over, then we can maybe start doing some more in-person introductions again. Uh, but for now, it's probably going to be through email. So engagement, leverage, and connection. And then you get connected to these new prospects and you create engagement with them. And guess what? The wheel just keeps turning and turning and you have an unlimited flow of good quality clients coming your way. This sounds great. And I want to hear every detail. First, one word <laughs> from the sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. All right. So we have clients, but they are meh engaged. <laughs> meh. Or we get an NPS score. It says, yeah, 10, 10, 10. But they don't feel the urge to tell about our services to their friends, what we do there. Yeah. So actually, I was talking to uh, a, a marketing um, uh, uh, VP of, of a bank uh, about a month ago, and she said to me, 
Uh, Bill, we have high net promoter scores. You know, we're nine, nine and a half. People love us. Uh, I go, great. You know, what are you doing with that? And she goes, well, what do you mean? So we know that Frank Reichheld wrote the book, uh, The Ultimate Question, all about the net promoter score. And it's a great book, and net promoter scores are very valuable. But I would suggest that the, the, the ultimate question is not, are your clients or customers willing to talk about you? Are they talking about you? Do you have processes in place? Have you created a culture to stimulate that? That's the mistake that a lot of people make is they kind of see referrals, introductions as the icing on the cake. You know, if we're doing a good job and we have net promoter scores, we have these people willing to do it and some of them will, but they're not really the icing. It's They are the cake, right? Think about for just about every business person watching this right now, how would your next great client or customer prefer to meet you? Not what can work from time to time, but how would they prefer to meet you? And my guess is in most cases, it's a recommendation from someone else they already trust. And so we need to make sure that that's our prime way of meeting new people. I'm not saying that other marketing strategies don't have their place, of course they do. And when we're leveraging these great relationships, everything gets easier. And what does it cost for a referral, right? You want your profitability to go up? The, the referral process, uh, and I should say introductions, because these days we're really trying to use the word introductions, is probably the one marketing strategy that I know about that can actually increase revenue without increasing your marketing budget and, and therefore profitability source. So, uh, that's, that's kind of my take. So having those processes in place to do that. I love it. And now we have the, the NPS in place. We have a, a system that tracks, uh, who's, who says that they want to refer us. We follow up, we ask what's next. What, what do we have to take into consideration or how does it become a system that you would say now it's a good referral system? Yeah, so um, I so asking is important. There's no question that it's usually going to be the salesperson or whoever is the main relationship, the business development person. They're usually the person who will ask. Uh, the, it, but it's not just asking. It, it really is a culture that we're trying to build, and it's a culture that a company will build. And sometimes it's even kind of a culture that an individual salesperson or rep will also create with his or her clients or customers. So uh, part of it is making sure the entire company understands what are we trying to accomplish here, right? We're trying to become so referable in the eyes of our clients, such, create such great relationships that we will start getting more without asking and we're gonna measure that. And everyone in the company has a role in that, right? Whether you're in sales or whatever you do, Everyone has a role in that in some form or another. So what is your role? What is your contribution to that? And let's measure that. The next thing, of course, is the asking and monitoring and doing it in the right way and measuring the behavior necessary. I'll just real quick on asking. One of the most important things in asking that most people don't do is come prepared for the ask, meaning the mistake most people make is they go, mm, gosh, do you, who else do you know that we can help? Or is there anyone else you think should be aware of what we do? And I suppose that's better than nothing and occasionally lightning strikes and you might get one, but really the better way is to think about this beforehand and who do I know who they know, who I'd like to meet? What circles do they, they, do they run in their vendors? The, 
other people, right? Who their their ex business partner? Who can I bring to this conversation to suggest? Are there categories of people doing certain things that uh, that are candidates for the work we do? And so we can help our clients picture them in their mind's eye. That's what the ask is about: is getting them to picture people in their mind's eye. So that's a very tactical part of all this. And and then the whole idea of, of celebrating and encouraging the advocates. So whether it's client appreciation events, whether it's uh, some businesses will, cre will create what we call an ambassador club or an ambassador group. And these are the clients or customers that we know are our advocates. And we want to keep encouraging that, right? We want to keep, make more of them uh, and we want to reward them for their behavior. So here's here, here's my the way I look at it. And these numbers are kind of very, very general, but it, roughly 20%, give or take, of our clients, customers, you know, should be giving us referrals without asking. We should all be getting those. Another 20%, give or take, will never introduce us, right? We could run into a burning building and save their children. They wouldn't do it. They're just not wired that way. Um, it doesn't mean they're not a great client, but they don't give interest. And so the, the gold mine that most people are sitting on is that 60% where we have to nudge the process a little bit, where we have to create those great relationships and turn some of them into advocates. And so uh, that's what we do. That's the broad culture building strategy of, uh, of how we make this work. We have clients who create ambassador groups when they are launching something, for example, a book. And so mm -hmm. a couple of months earlier, they, they give the book to somebody to read to the to their to their core community. Yes. And say, hey, would you like to become an ambassador to do groups like that? What's your experience? What's what's working? Yeah, I, I, I think that's great. I mean, I think we should all have those types of, of, of groups. And you know, sometimes there'll be a sometimes it's a temporary subgroup for something specific that you're launching. But I think we should all have kind of identify who these ambassadors are, right? And then we just nurture those relationships. Hold on, I have a, I'm cat sitting for my daughter. So we have a visitor. Uh, oh, we'll just, his, his name is Boo and he thinks he's a dog. Uh, <laughs> <sometimes>. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, the one thing about the pandemic, right? Where everyone's working from home. We've become much more relaxed and flexible about these these types of interruptions, right? Uh, in any event, uh, I have dogs over there, so we have to keep them separated. Um, anyway, where was we? Uh, we were talking about. Uh, remind me what the question was. <laughs> I, I forget. I'm thinking about why why he thinks he's a dog. Oh, 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 why he thinks he's a dog? We were talking about ambassadors. I don't know because he just. I don't know. He's smart. He's smarter than the average cat. So ambassadors, right? So I have what I call my VIP list. And this is about 150 people that I am dead set on making sure I stay in touch and keep providing value and, and keep uh, nurturing that relationship. And uh, so once a month, I'll put that list up in front of me and I'll think, what can I send to them? What guide have I written? What video have I created that they might want to forward to their people, their reps and stuff, right? How can I serve them in some way, in a value-oriented way, pure value, so that when I do have an ask at some point, or I do have a book I'd like them to maybe mention or whatever it may be, 
they're happy to do it, right? Because I've been this continual source of value for them. So we're always trying to add to that list. Occasionally, we'll take some people off. Uh, I don't send everything to everybody. And, and and by the way, this is not a mass email. I do not send this, you know, the same exact email to 150 people where they can see their name was inserted. This, this is a one-to-one correspondence, roughly once a month. I, I miss a few months from time to time. Um, I'll be watching a football game, basketball game, something, right? Movie. And I'll just be doing, you know, copy, paste. Hey, George, how are your kids? Copy, paste. Hey, Marie, you know, uh, have you finished that project? Blah, blah, copy, paste, right? So I make it a little personalized. Uh, the, the main message is the same, but it's a one-to-one message. And I, I think, you know, in, in this age of one-to-many, in this age of, uh, where we're just doing everything automated and, and that, you know, people appreciate it when we're doing something just for them. Beautiful. And um, it is so, it's such a human way and a respect mm-hmm. way. And it's, and it, it seems to be a way that works. Now let's talk about your next book. You have written for why a fifth book? Oh, I have a lot of books I want to write. <laughs> Well, um, first of all, my job, uh, the way I see it, is, uh, is to learn, keep learning, and think about what I'm learning, use it in my own business, and then how can I communicate that with other people so they can use it too? And it's a, you know, it's a great model. I love it, right? And, and if you're an, on, on, you know, an ongoing learner, a lifelong learner, it's a perfect way, and you can make money at it too. And so... Uh, so that's kind of the big motivation. Um, and uh, so the, the idea of the language of referrals came up because people do like the way I word things and, and construct a language. And, and then and I'm going to have an audio version of this because a lot of people like the way I say it, whatever tone of voice inflection that I use, which is important. Uh, and everyone will be different, but at least it's kind of a guide, an idea. Uh, and then what happened is when I thought about that, I thought the language of referrals, okay, what about the language of influence? What about the language of sales or the language of uh, customer service or the language of whatever, right? And so in the back of my mind is a possible series of helping people find the right words to say in different situations. So that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm doing. The next thing that is discussed a lot in our community right now and in our masterminds, publisher, hybrid, or self? <laughs> yeah, I've done, I've done all of those. And I own two book publishing, publishing companies that I sold way back when. Um, so <clears throat> generally speaking, I would say now in today's world, uh, probably self-publishing for most people, not everybody. But for most people, first of all, it, now, if you're famous and you have a big name uh, and a publishing company really wants to get behind it and they give you a big advance, they'll start to help sell the book. But most publishing companies don't sell books. They produce books. They package the books. They're, it's up to the author to get the sales going. And most authors don't realize that. And so I have three books with McGraw-Hill. Uh, they paid me $10,000 advance. Uh, I've earned way more than that, and but that's I'm one of the few. Most authors do not earn more than their initial advance, which is quite a shame. 
So you got to have an audience, you got to have a following, all of that. Now, why do I say self-publish? Well, because these days it's so much easier and so much less expensive to get a good quality book done. Now, two things to a quality book. First of all, the production, the cover, what it looks like, very important, obviously. It needs to be first-class professional. But the book itself also needs to be quite good. So you don't want to have a book just to have a book. You really want to have a good book. And every book that I've written, it's taken me a, a year at least, if not, to write it only because I wanted to teach it and write it and teach it and write it and teach it and write it. And it made it a better book because I learned things as I taught my ideas and right. And I got other ideas from people I taught and refined, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, my last book, Radical Relevance, I did self-publish and, uh, you know, the cost per book uh, is much lower when you, when you go with a publisher you have to buy the books back from them. And if you don't negotiate a really good buyback price, it's going to cost a lot of money for you to, to be able to give that book out as a nice business card and to thank people. And right. It costs a lot of money, $10 a book, maybe more. So when you self publish, then you get the books for a few dollars. Uh, so there's a lot more range of things you can do with the book. Um, that's a little bit on that. I mean, that, that we could do a whole you know show on that, but that's just a little bit of thinking there. Will you use a referral elements to promote the book and how? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so um, one of the things I did, I learned this actually from uh, uh, Simon Sinek, not Simon Sinek, sorry, Seth Godin. I don't know how I got those two confused. But when Seth, you know, somebody orders a book or he mails a book out to someone, an influencer, right, or a, an advocate, he'll mail two or three or four books. And he'll say, one of these is for you. Pass the others on to others, right? So, see, the thing with about a book is the book doesn't do you a lot of good. This is some good, but it doesn't do you as much good unless people actually read it. And so he wanted people to read his books. So when people actually read the books then that creates all the value and the opportunity for speaking and consulting. You know, the, 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 the saying I use and a lot of colleagues in, in my business say is, you know, the, you won't make a lot of money from the book selling the book. I mean, some people do, but those are the exceptions. You'll make money by having the book. And so if you're up for a speaking engagement, for instance, if you have a book and your competitor doesn't, They may very well give the nod to you because of that. So that's that air of expertise and credibility. Um, so, yeah, we're always encouraging. Now, one thing I did with my book, uh, Radical Relevance, and I learned this from a, a colleague of mine. So, you know, I, like I said, I learn from others and then, and then share what I learned. So I have a, a page in this book a couple of times. It says, register this book, right? And so what happened, I didn't want the book to be too large because I want people to read it but I had a lot of content. So I have people get the book and then they register. They go onto a website, they register, uh, and then they get access to a lot more. And so what happened is I've created a community of people who read the book and they registered for more material. They are turning into coaching and consulting clients for me. Uh, we're doing special webinars. For, it's a, it's a, it's a sub community that I've created because of that. Love it. Thank you. And, um, talking of books, uh, usually people who write so many books are also readers. What are 
three books maybe that really influenced you? Yeah, you know, that's a hard question to answer because <laughs> I have read a lot of books and and I, you know, I'd have to go through my bookcases and I still have a box of books since, since we moved because I don't have as much space here uh, when we moved out of our big office. But uh, so a few. Uh, it's a book that's not available anymore, so don't try to go get it. But it's a book called Expecting Referrals that I read about 30 years ago. Uh, and it it's what got me into this whole world of teaching referrals and introductions. Uh, I was I read the book and then I was listening to the audio tapes. Uh, some people are too young to remember audio tapes, but I was listening to those. And, and that's what got me interested in this whole topic of referrals. So I built a pretty nice business because I read that book. Uh, Another book that I that I love, which is not a business book per se directly, it's called Younger Next Year by Chris Crowley and Henry Lodge, Younger Next Year. And it's about guys like me and gals a little older. Uh, how do we how do we stay more youthful? How do we stay more youthful physically, mentally? Uh, so that had a big impact. And then actually, the, one of my most recent books that I, I read this summer was Atomic Habits by James Clear. And some folks probably will be familiar with that. Uh, that's, that's been a great book for me, influencing myself and how I make some changes I want to make in my business and in myself. And then some things that I also use to teach others. So those are the, those are the three that have influenced me that came to mind uh, you know, for this program. Beautiful. What did you recently change your mind about? Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I used to do these live in-person boot camps where people pay their own way and they come in and they'd sit and we'd have a, you know, a day and a half immersion into my material. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll have one when the pandemic breaks and people can travel again. Uh, and then I go, you know, in my heart of hearts, I really don't want to do that. Right. It, could I make money? Yeah. Would it be a good thing for my community and help people? Yeah. But in my heart of hearts, I really don't want to do it for reasons we don't have to go into. But uh, so that's I did an assessment as I was thinking of 2021 of what are all the different things I can do to serve people and, and generate revenue. Uh, and there were, there's a lot of things on the table that I could do. But what do I really want to do? What gives me joy? What am I great at? What energizes me? all of those questions, right? And I'm at the point now where I don't have to throw so much against the wall to see what sticks. Uh, I know what works and I want to stay focused with that. So that's a long answer to the question, but just staying in the, in the, in the lanes of things I really, really enjoy doing and, and not getting attracted by other ways I can make money, but I really don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I resonate a lot. I stopped last year in January doing in-person anything, <laughs> events, <laughs> workshops, and even coaching. I stopped doing everything. I certify coaches now. So I really resonate a lot with that. And I think when you have found something that works, you, you can and you should start reducing the rest. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes yeah. And I, I think that's also one element of longevity and of keeping young. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Not getting pulled in too many directions at one time. And I am also curious, what's what's next now? You're writing the book. What's next in, in your business? What are you excited about learning or doing next? 
Well, let's see the book. I got the video training. That's pretty all consuming. I would say uh, I'm going to do a podcast. Uh, finally, um, you know, people say, well, Bill, you're kind of late to the game. Well, I don't know. You know, you, you don't want to do it just to do it. You want to do it because it makes a lot of sense to do it. And it took me a little while to get my head around what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Um, so finally, probably in the next quarter, I'm not, I'm not attending to that this quarter, but probably next quarter, I'll start to get serious about the podcast. And that just goes in line with what I talked about earlier is right. I love to learn and I love to share. And so I want to do short podcasts. I don't, I don't care. I mean, it's not that I don't care, but I don't want to dwell on what's your story. How did you get here? Hello, kitty cat. Um, how did, you know, how did you get into the business and all that. I just, I want to get something. What, what are you doing now that's working? Right. And that's what I want to get to people strategies and tactics that people are doing now. And so it's going to be 10, 12 minutes going to be short. Um, and that's what I want to focus on. And uh, you know, some people who know the podcast world know that there's kind of two benefits to a podcast. One is getting a lot of listeners and a lot of followers, and you can get sponsors because of that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the other is, you know, what's called the Trojan horse, right? Where you can use it to meet people. And that's one of the big ways I'm going to use it just for my building my own business is I want to interview people who could be potential inter, uh, influencers, could be potential, uh, you know, clients, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's another big thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I will be your first subscriber. Let me know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also in terms of having sponsors, we, we have had options to have sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I have found out that I want this space myself. So this sponsor you're hearing, that's us. Because yeah. that's such such an important real estate. You, you, you will think twice uh, to give it away. Uh, Understood. Yep, I get it. Because especially like yourself, if you are in such a high ticket, high leveraged uh, business, uh, every single every single listeners that clicks on your on your site versus the sponsor site is so much more um, cash than than. Oh yeah, they oh yeah. We'll always make more money selling our stuff than helping other people sell their stuff. Uh, the the way I see it, though, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, and I appreciate what you're saying. I see the sponsorship is not just, you know, some revenue to pay for the exposure. Um, I see it more as a, as a possible partnership where they would also use the podcast, you know, to deliver to their clients, customers. Right. So I get access to their big list. Um, and so it multiplies, you know, uh, the, the, the reach and it multiplies the impact that we have. So yeah. that's the way I see it. Perhaps we'll see. Joint venture. Yeah, exactly. So, no, we'll see. Well, yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. Now, if somebody's listening, say, oh, yeah, I want to up my referral game. I want to work with him. How do they start? Where do they find you? Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Uh, well, my website is referralcoach.com. That's pretty simple, referral coach. I have a, a, a free report for everybody's listening, free guide. Uh, and it's called exponentialgrowthguide.com. Let me say that again, exponentialgrowthguide.com. It's free. Go get it. And gosh, I, you know, I certainly would love people to check out my new book and see if it's relevant to them, Radical Relevance. And that's uh, you know, 
what's the uh, radicalrelevancebook.com. Sorry, radicalrelevancebook.com. So those are three places to get into my world. And you'll see I'm very responsive. We'll lo love to hear from people and answer your questions, etc. Thank you so much, Bill, for being on the show. And please come back soon. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Oh, who should be my next guest? Oh. Who should be my next guest? Well, uh, I would recommend a gentleman by the name of uh, Michael Goldberg. Michael Goldberg has written a book uh, called Knockout Networking. Uh, what does knockout networking mean? Well, you understand networking, right? Is forming a network of people that you can serve each other and all that good stuff. Uh, but he, Michael is a boxer. And so he uses boxing terms. Uh, and, you know, when you're going to go to a networking event, what's your fight plan? Uh, and all that. So he's a fun guy and it's interesting. And he's helping people network during this pandemic when you can't go to the live events. How do you keep your network going and how do you meet new people in more virtually? So uh, Michael Goldberg, Knockout Networking, I think would be a great guest. And who would you nominate for the Strategy Award? Yeah, the Strategy Award, uh, which you said, you know, who's who's zigging on everyone's zagging. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, tell you about somebody that nobody on this this show has probably heard before is someone I've met recently was introduced to me a referral his name is Michael Shine uh, S-C-H-E-I-N he runs an agency in New York uh, but he's written a book and I had a privilege of reading the galleys of the book uh, it should be out soon if it's not out yet it's called the hype handbook the hype H-Y-P-E handbook and it's a series of these great stories and examples and anecdotes of creative marketers and how they've used very creative different ways to gain attention for their business. And it's more than just hype. I know that word hype maybe might have a negative connotation to some people, but don't let that stop you because it's really, it's more than hype, right? Uh, and anyway, I just, I think it's a great book. I think it's going to do very well. And, and I really, I already recommend it to, to people. I love it already. Thank you so much, Bill, for being on the show and come back soon. I hope so. Thank you. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.